Coming to you from Beaumont, this is your house call. No doubt by now you've seen the news that COVID has really beat up the entire country. And a few hotspots have emerged very early on, including the Metro Detroit area. The Metro Detroit area is home to more than 4 million people. And we know that this area chronically struggles with health and wellness. A report in early 2020 by WalletHub ranked Detroit number 164 out of 174 in terms of healthiest places to live. We also know that conditions like COVID tend to thrive among populations with more chronic medical conditions. This underscores the importance of having a good relationship with your primary care physician to ensure that you're getting the health care you need and keep those chronic medical conditions in check. This is what our conversation is about today. Hello and welcome to the Beaumont House Call Podcast. I'm Dr. Nick Gilpin, and my goal is to help you and your family live a smarter, healthier life. Today's conversation is an update on COVID-19. Here with us today is Dr. Rich Gruz, family medicine physician and also a regional medical director with the Beaumont Medical Group. Rich is a House Call podcast veteran. He's been with us before. We previously discussed influenza. Welcome back, Rich. Thanks for having me. So today's focus is all about COVID and specifically um, what we can expect to see in our outpatient clinics and primary care practices as we explore the post-surge landscape. So let's get to it. So Rich, for, uh, for primary care physicians, uh, family medicine doctors, tell me what the last couple months of your life has been like. Well, I think just like anyone that's lived through this, a challenging would be an understatement. Uh, we saw the first wave hitting us, and we were ready to fight. And because of PPE shortages, very quickly got sidelined. Some of us ran to help in the hospitals, and others tried mm-hmm. to hold down the fort in the clinics. Um, we very quickly had to shift a practice that was a almost 100% in office, bring everything in to not having to PPE to protect the staff or really ourselves to the patients that possibly could be coming in and we could spread to them. Um, So everything very quickly moved to a telehealth format. Mm -hmm. We were very fortunate that we had a lot of things at Beaumont planned and in the works. And at my clinic and many of our clinics flipped the switch rather quickly to take care of a lot of patients that um, had to be seen. Uh, but couldn't go to an ER because of the ER overflows and the COVID scares. Um, And we very quickly, through that transition, settled into a pretty good routine. And now as we watch, you know, us come down the other side of this wave, it's ready to take care of patients that just, you know, putting things off. It was crazy. You know, I remember our ERs were just flooded totally overwhelmed with patients. And, and we were t- the message we were getting out was, if you're sick, come to the emergency room. Call us first, but come to the emergency room. If you're not that sick, stay home. Call your doctor. Well, guess what? Your people calling your doctor, and their doctors are like, well, <laughs> thanks for calling, but I'm, I'm not open. So talk about how the, the practices have now adapted. Talk about that telehealth that you mentioned and, and what that's done for us. And what are we going to be, is this here to stay? I hope so. There will be some form of telehealth uh, going uh, forward. Uh, 
using the video visit method is probably my preferred method because actually I do get to see the patient still yeah. and you can diagnose and see how they look. Um, there's, I had one patient that was doing what we consider an e-visit, which is basically you answer a questionnaire and a doctor would normally just prescribe you something for a cold. Well, in the time of COVID, a cold could be COVID or a cold. So you have to just ask more questions. So I called the patient, turned into a video visit and looking at her, I could see the respiratory distress that she had quickly understood that this was something that could have been handled through uh, an e-visit or a video visit and sent her to the hospital where she was diagnosed. Um, but I do think video visits are here to stay. I think it's a great way to do follow-up. I found that a lot of my um, anxiety follow-ups, my depression follow-ups, um, a cholesterol um, that we're just adjusting medications and I don't need to waste your entire day coming into the office. Sure. I can quickly have you follow up through a video visit. Um, it's an amazing tool, uh, especially once you get your patients used to using it and they've been using it now for six to seven weeks. Mm -hmm. And if we've get our patient satisfaction scores have been through the roof using it. Um, and I think they're very thankful that we've had something to use during this time. Yeah, I agree. I think it's been wonderful, and, and it was really exciting to see it ramp up so quickly. I think under normal circumstances, and you know, this is not me knocking the healthcare system, but I, I think something like this would have taken us a very long time. And I think that we were behind the scenes kind of pulling the strings on this, but boom, here comes COVID, which served as a catalyst for really getting this off the ground. Well, I think what happened is, you know, most of us in healthcare, we practice in more of a Walmart world where telehealth is like that Amazon world. We're a brick and mortar type institution. So I think most of us, we, if we're, if we're busy every day in our office, we don't have much more time to do anything. But now we've been forced to say, hey, is there a better way to see a patient? And still, most care has to be done in person. And, and I, I want people to understand that most care is best done in person with your physician where we can get our hands on you, do a complete physical exam. But there are times where it is perfectly capable. We are perfectly capable of doing a video visit, talk about your cholesterol, your depression, your anxiety, and multiple other things uh, without wasting everyone's time driving. Yeah, yeah, and I just don't see a situation where creating another avenue for access is ever a bad thing. Nope. Um, talk about what we're doing now that we, we've sort of emerged. And again, I, I'm always careful when I say emerge, given you know what could be around the next corner. But what are we doing in our offices to keep people safe and to keep our staff safe? That's a great question. So I think it's really important for people to understand when this first was breaking, the risk of coming to the office or getting out, yeah, it was probably greater than coming in right away to get your blood pressure checked that maybe could wait a few more weeks or get that vaccine that your kid needed and wait a few more weeks. But I think we've gone past that where we're realizing there's a lot of cancer screening that's not getting done. There's a lot of blood pressures that weren't getting checked. There's a mm -hmm. lot of sugars that were running too high. And there's a lot of kids who have not got their vaccinations that now they're going to be more susceptible to pertussis or, God forbid, another other communicable disease. So um, it's time to start bringing people back in. And it, the whole idea, just like you're probably seeing when you go to Kroger or CVS or any other store around uh, the community, there's safety measures put in place, not just for the patient, but for us. Um, you know, uh, social distancing, the six feet, you're seeing the, the plexiglass barriers in front of um, yep. our front staff. 
Uh, even before you even come in, when you make the appointment, we're screening all of our patients with questionnaires, trying to see what is your exposure possibly to a COVID patient? Do you have any symptoms of, the, of COVID? And if you pass that screening, you then come to the office. We ask you to be masked. If you're not masked, we will mask you. You're then screened again when you come in uh, with um, uh, temperature, mm -hmm. and we take you no waiting room, straight back into the uh, um exam room, doctor will be masked, my MA will be masked, I will, you know, you will be masked. So yep. at all points, we're cutting down on any kind of transmission, we're practicing good hand hygiene. In fact, we're having the patients, if they come in with gloves, we take the gloves off, we give them the um, sanitized uh, solutions to clean their hands, we do it on the way out. Yeah. And then we don't even take the time when they're in the office to sit any longer for scheduling appointments for referrals or x ray or ultrasound. We simply say, go on to your car. We're going to give you a call on your cell phone in about 10, 15 minutes. We're going to set this appointment up for you and get you out of here. I, I like what you said, uh, that it's really not that far off from what we're doing in other venues, right? You know, and, and, and as people are starting to come out of their houses more and they're starting to go to Home Depot or wherever, they're noticing that all of these controls that you just talked about, the screening, the hand hygiene, the social distancing, the masking, those things are everywhere now. It's not just at your doctor's office. So I, I feel like people are getting a good dose of that everywhere they go. So it's not really fundamentally that much different at a physician's office. Um, I want to also key in on something that you mentioned, trends that you might be seeing among your patients. So we had this two-month or so gap where people weren't necessarily seeking care because they were afraid or because their doctor's offices were closed. Are you seeing people presenting now that have been neglected for two months with some novel presentations? Talk about that. I, I could give you horror stories. Um, I, it is so imperative, and I just want anyone listening to know that if you need care, it is safe, it is intelligent to go seek care. You know, we have had patients who have not gone for their heart attack or stroke symptom because there's a theoretical risk. Hmm. a theoretical risk that they may catch COVID going to an ER. Now, mind you, if you did catch it with that theoretical risk, you still have over a 99.5% chance of walking away from that virus. But I don't think that heart attack or that stroke is going to be just as kind as that virus may be. Yeah, so point. yes, be respectful of COVID. Do you, should you fear COVID that you would not seek out care? You should absolutely not fear it. You should seek out care. Um, I had... My great aunt, who just got out of the hospital with COVID, spent 14 days at home with the vomiting and diarrhea, weakness. My family finally calls me. They always call me for the stupid stuff, and they finally called me after 14 days. And I said, why are you not in the ER? Yeah. And they're like, well, we called our doctor, and he said if it was my mom, I wouldn't go to it. So you even have physicians mm -hmm. who have been giving this information. So um, yeah. I finally said, you know, she probably has COVID. She went and got diagnosed, got Thank God, 89-year-old, walked out of the hospital perfectly fine. Um, I diagnosed by a tele, uh, video visit the other day a stroke. Wow. Um, yeah. And so in, that's really fun, trying to diagnose and then treat a stroke through a, a, um, a video visit, uh, get everything set up uh, after it's already happened, trying to convince someone to go to an ER after they've literally been told by a video visit, you're having a stroke or you've had a stroke, please go. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's amazing. I mean, there's a lot of fear out there. And I think people have to 
take a deep breath and realize there's a lot of other things out there. COVID is something we can protect you from. There's, you know, good hand hygiene, again, the, the mask, everything that we're doing reduced your risk of ever contracting this. It is safe to go get care. You need to get this care. Agree. I, I want to talk a little about pediatrics because you mentioned another thing earlier, and that was about vaccines. So I, I saw some worrisome statistics about vaccine rates that the CDC just put out. Vaccine rates among all cohorts of children at various milestones was assessed, and the number of non-influenza vaccine doses that were administered was down something like 20 to 25 percent this year. So unintended consequences. You know, I, I guess this is probably a good time to hammer home why it's so important not to delay these visits for adults, but also for kids and for others as well. You know, vaccines are one thing, but you have, I, I, I would also say in the peds population, those developmental milestones, it is so important to see, is there a growth issue? Um, is there a developmental issue that you're going to mm. miss? And a month or two to you or I as an adult is not a lot of time. A month or two to a two-month-old mm. or a four-month-old or a six-month-old, that's a lot of time. That's a, it's a significant percentage of their life. So yes, they are falling behind on their vaccinations. I think holding off this care for a few weeks when, again, the, the wave was crashing on us completely makes sense. Agreed. We didn't have the PPE to protect the staff. We didn't have the PPE to protect the patients. We do now. Um, we're at a very different place now, and I really think delaying a lot of these immunizations, um, will, we will pay a price for it if we don't do some catch-up um, in terms of communicable diseases, with childhood communicable diseases. Um, the other thing I say is we were very early on, the first ones we brought in were 15 months and younger because those shots are probably the most important. Um, and then the next set was under four. We started bringing those back in over the last few weeks. And now we're open to all well child visits of all ages to get people caught up. Good. I think that's super important. And I, and I know, you know, the Metro Detroit area has lived through measles outbreaks and I know other parts of the country have as well. And like we said, unintended consequences. It would just be such a shame to survive the surge and the pandemic and then have to deal with the repercussions of another measles outbreak or a pertussis outbreak. Just makes me cringe. So, Rich, this has been a very emotionally charged, taxing uh, situation that we've been through for the last two months. Are you seeing a lot of that in your practice? Are you seeing patients coming in with anxiety, depression? And what does that look like? It's actually been through the roof. Uh, this is, you know, mentally draining, emotionally draining for everyone, um, myself included. I mean, this is very stressful uh, to be in the thick of this. And I would say at the beginning, uh, we had a huge uptick in anxiety, fear. Um, now we have many patients who are seeking counseling for their depression, their anxiety, their their afraid about losing their job. Yeah. They've been stuck at home with their kids. Are my kids going back to school? Are they not? Um, it, it's, it's difficult for everyone. And we've, uh, been counseling a lot of patients again, set people up with a lot of therapists and psychiatrists. Um, I would say more so than ever. And we have to underscore that, you know, mental health is every bit as important as physical health. And now is a good time for that as well, right? Absolutely. Um, most of the therapists that I've been working with, um, are doing all of their therapy sessions through video visits. Yeah. 
And so there it's, I, I had this one uh, therapist who's, she's top notch, but she's so far from my clinic. And so I couldn't send her the referrals I always wanted to. Now I'm referring like crazy because everyone's hopping on their computer and they're video visiting with her at, at distance. And so it's, it's great. Yeah. There you go. Another win for telehealth. Tell us about the patients, the, the so-called healthy patients among us who may need routine care, like physicals, well checks, whatever, is now a good time to do that? It's actually a great time. You know, a lot of people think that because of the pandemic that we're so overwhelmed in our clinics and our hospitals that there's, I shouldn't bother you with my simple thing. Right. Well, believe it or not, we're pretty empty. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, a lot of people have canceled their, their clinics, so, or not their clinics, but their, their uh, appointments. So we're trying to bring our well visits back in. We're trying to get those uh, women's health issues, those mammograms, uh, pap screens, um, caught yeah. up the vaccinations that have been put off because the offices are ready to take, take patients now. It's interesting. I, I've had this conversation with other physicians too. Right now, the hospitals, the clinics, in some ways, they seem maybe safer now than they've ever been. And I, and I hate to say that out loud, but there's some truth there. You know, we've got appointments are now spaced out. Everybody's wearing personal protective equipment the way that they're supposed to. Everybody's washing their hands. We're wearing the masks. We're doing all the stuff. It's safe. It, it is. You know, I used to wash my hands a lot before. I wash them insanely amount now. I mean, it's just it's crazy the amount of times that we personally take care of our hands. Um, and then I think of all the chairs, um, all the tables that are all getting wiped down with yeah. the highest grade disinfectants now that we would not have used the highest grade disinfectants now. And any, any room a patient goes in gets a thorough cleaning before the next patient. And it's even left to sit for a little while before the next patient comes in. We've eliminated pens for sign-in. We've eliminated the magazines. Anything someone else could have touched that you possibly can touch is e- that they could go is gone. And anything that has to stay is thoroughly cleaned before you come in. So it is probably safer now than ever. Yeah. I agree. Rich, good conversation. Let's bring it home. Talk about why it's important now, probably more than ever, to have a primary care physician in your life. Your primary care physician is basically the quarterback in terms of what your care is going to look like. And I always tell my patients, the whole reason I'm your primary care physician is to help you achieve longevity. That means go grow old and grow old well. This virus in particular does not like people who are old who have uncontrolled diabetes, who have lung issues, who are obese. These are all things that you work on with your primary care doctor every time you come in. We're going to work on strategies to lose weight. We're going to work on strategies to get you more um, exercise. We're going to work on strategies to get you to stop smoking. Uh, We're going to work on strategies to get that sugar under control. And all these things are there to make your body better fit to fight off anything that it is facing, whether it's a pandemic virus or the regular seasonal flu, or that heart attack that you may have to recover from. So your primary care doctor is your best tool to accomplish that. Well said. Let's leave it there. I want to thank Dr. Rich Gruz. Rich, thanks for coming on the podcast. It was my pleasure. And I also want to remind our listeners that all this and more can be found at beaumont.org slash safe. We also have your one-stop shop for all things coronavirus at beaumont.org slash coronavirus. We're also going to be doing a series of COVID-19-related podcasts with subject matter experts on a number of different topics in the coming days, including things like uh, getting your regular screenings and checkups, uh, surgery, obstetrics, and outpatient care as well. 
I want to remind you to send along any questions or suggestions you have to podcast at beaumont.org. And with that, I will leave you today with this healthy thought. COVID-19 has at least temporarily changed how patients interact with their physicians and the healthcare environment. But the importance of continuing to see your doctor for medical care is still as critical as ever. Don't put your health on hold. Make sure you're getting care for your medical conditions. Make sure you're getting your necessary health maintenance, including all recommended vaccinations. And definitely make sure you're not delaying any time-sensitive medical treatments or procedures. Talk to your doctor about keeping your health on track. Thank you. Continue your journey to living a smarter, healthier life. Visit Beaumont.org slash podcast to access information and resources related to today's podcast.